glad that all of you are here. It's been, a, it's been a crazy morning. I knew this morning when I drove up and saw three goats standing in the parking lot. I am not joking. There were three goats standing there. I actually stopped. I took a picture of them and went, this is going to be one of those mornings. And, uh, and it has been so far. And the Batmobile, that's been a lot of fun, being able to, uh, to have the band come up from, from First Baptist Berlin. Very thankful for them filling in for Jerome. Hope Jerome's having a great time, a refreshment up there in Denver. Um, it's just been uh, an exciting day. There's a, if you notice, there's lays on your seat. Some of you are like, how does that have anything to do with Batman whatsoever? Uh, it doesn't. It's the fact that we have a pool party right after this, and there's a map inside your bulletin for you to be able to get down there. Love for you to join us. We've got uh, a pool party. We're going to be doing a barbecue, and we're also going to be having some baptisms down there. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And if you are interested, if you've been thinking, hey, I want to get baptized and haven't been able to figure out the right time, right place, how to do it exactly, please talk to me afterwards. I'd like to explain to you what baptism is all about. Um, I'd like to explain to you that it, it doesn't have to do with your salvation. It's a proclamation of your salvation and be able to talk to you about that. So if that's something you'd like to do, please talk to me uh, afterwards today before we get over there and love for you to join us. So that starts at 1230. And once again, that is the reason why you have lays on your seat. So uh, when you're wearing that, I actually, uh, funny thing, yesterday, Maylee had her fourth birthday party and we were at the, the same house with the same pool. And I had uh, the, the lay on uh, and I didn't really realize that after the party, I had to go to Sam's Club to pick up hot dogs and stuff for the barbecue today. And I'm walking through Sam's Club with a, with a lay on, and everybody's kind of looking at me funny. I'm like, hey, how you doing? I'd, I never know if I knew them from church at some point in time, and I just have to be, hey, nice to them, so I didn't forget their name kind of thing. So I was doing that, and they're just like, hey. You know, and so that's kind of my, like I said, it's been one of those days, one of those weekends already. So I'm um, excited that you're here. Love for you to do me a favor um, and pray with me, because... You know, I can just feel something in here this morning that, that we need to pray over. And just, just pray that, as we sang, God is able and he is by our side through this. So let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you have done and what you are doing in each and every one of our lives. Each of us is a different place in our spiritual journey. Each of us ha- have so much further to go. I pray, God, you open our hearts today. Open it to what you'd have to say to us about these masks that we wear. Pray it all in your name. Amen. This morning, we wrap up our At The Movies series. We've been doing At The Movies since, uh, since Memorial Day, and we've been rolling through everything, and today we wrap them up. Next week, we have an award ceremony. We're actually going to be giving away those two chairs, not just to sit in, but actually for you to take home. So if you plan on winning those, bring a truck or something so I don't have to haul them for you. Um, but uh, we are wrapping up our At The Movies series this week. And we're wrapping it up with the movie that I was really excited about for all summer long, and that was Batman The Dark Knight Rises. I was so excited about it, looked forward to it all summer. As a matter of fact, when uh, I, I'm one of those guys that actually goes through when summer blockbusters come out, I put it on my calendar so I don't forget that it's coming out. And it happened to line up at the same time I had to go to Amarillo to pick up my son from uh, from camp, he had gone to camp with his grandparents, and he was getting picked up on the same day, and Amarillo just happened to have an IMAX. So I grabbed some buddies and said, hey, let's go watch uh, Batman and the IMAX, and we did, and it was just impressive, and it was intense, and it was dark yet full of so many spiritual truth. It was crazy watching the movie. I'm not sure if you've seen it yet. I'm going to do everything I can today not to spoil it for you if you have not seen it yet. Um, but there are some things in there that just stand out so clear that, that God 
had these nuggets of spiritual truths in there that just need to be dusted off a little bit to, to really grasp and really let them sink into our minds. And there's some of the things that I wrote down as, uh, as I went through the movie and I thought about some things. What were some, I mean, there were so many different options. The first one was, um, that I saw was Batman. And he had this, this is the last in, in a series of three for this, this dark night. And throughout the, the first three you see, or first two, you saw his, his character progress with, um, with who he was and, and who he wanted to be. And who the, the, the public thought him as and who he actually was and what he actually did. And he had basically, he had basically been loved by people until the end of the second one. And everybody kind of wanted to crucify him. And he had this, was it a duty to do the, what he needed to do to save Gotham City in... in um, in this third one, or was it a desire, a desire to see Gotham City be saved? And there's this battle in there, and, and we could have talked about duty versus desire, and, and do we have the, the, the desire to do things that we do, or we just have to do it because it's an obligation? And that was the first thing I said, no, no, maybe we'll do something else. And there was another one that was a brokenness, because each of us in here are broken. We, we are broken from birth. And there's a brokenness that's there, and the whole idea of the villain in, in Batman, the, the, this third one, The Dark Knight Rises, is to break Batman, both physically and mentally. To break his soul, just to kill him from the inside out. As a matter of fact, he says that death is too easy of an answer. I want to kill your soul first. And I think sometimes when we think about our brokenness and that we have inside, that, that our brokenness can kill us from the inside out. The sin that we have in our life can kill us from the inside out. And they can just suck the life right out of us before we even see any signs of it on the outside. We also see the Batman in the end of, end of the second one. He loses a close friend due to a choice, due to the flip of a coin. As you may have seen it with Two-Face. And because of that choice, he takes it personally that things hadn't been done yet. And he, he doesn't forgive the, the Two-Face. He doesn't forgive the Joker. And he really doesn't forgive even Rachel, who his friend is, for, for not moving ahead. But really, when it came down to us, he hadn't forgiven himself. He was beating himself up over something that wasn't all entirely due to him. And we could have talked about that. We could have talked about forgiveness. But when it really came down to it, it really came down to what this movie was all about to me. And if you've seen it, I think you'd probably agree. It's all about masks. It's all about the masks that we wear. The masks that we wear to, to keep us separated, to keep us our, our, away from people, keep it from being vulnerable and easily attacked. To keep the pain away. Because if you notice, um, if you saw the movie, like I said, I'm not going to spoil it for you if you haven't yet, but there's a guy in there, his name is John Blake, and he's kind of the good cop, the one guy that's standing out above the rest, the one that won't give in to the temptation. And John Blake is talking to Bruce Wayne, and as he's talking to Bruce Wayne, they have something in common about how they've come from a foster home, and this is what he says. He says, not a lot of people know what it feels like to be angry, angry in your bones. I mean, they understand foster parents. Everybody understands for a while. Then they want the angry little kid to do something he knows he can't do. Move on. So after a while, they stop understanding. They send the angry kid to a boy's home. I figured it out too late. You've got to learn to hide the anger. Practice smiling in the mirror. It's like 
putting on a mask. Later, Batman, who is Bruce Wayne, I hope I didn't just ruin that for you, um, the, uh, as, as Batman's talking to John Blake, John Blake does something pretty heroic, and he says, hey, you need to wear a mask to protect the ones that you love. And I got to thinking about that. I'm thinking, wow, you know, we put on a mask to keep everybody around us happy to say, yeah, we're, I'm like you. We're all kind of one here. And then we also need to keep on a mask to protect the ones we love. The funny thing is, is as I was watching Batman, I got to thinking about this. And, and this is just me because I'm weird. But I got to thinking about the fact that Batman may actually be the real deal and Bruce Wayne may be the mask. Because so many times we see Batman's the one with the mask. He's the one that's hiding behind. But he's doing what he actually is called to do. Bruce Wayne puts on a show. He puts on a show for all the rich people and says, this is who I am and this is what I am. And that's why he kind of lays it out there that way. I think, I really truly think that Batman's the real deal and Bruce Wayne is the mask. If you know anything about this Dark Knight Rises, there's also a villain by the name of Bane. And in Bane... He wears a mask as well. But his mask is on him. In in the movie, it's different than it is in the comic books. But it's basically there to feed him a drug to keep the pain away. Because he had gotten beat up in prison and, and he was keeping the pain away. And that's the reason why that mask was on there. So now you have three different characters. They're really talking about masks in different ways. One to protect your family. One to protect who you are. And one to keep away the pain. And doesn't that sound just in itself like the masks we wear when we walk into church on Sunday morning? Or the mask that we wear when we walk into work on Monday morning or into school? How many of you guys are going to school this week and just totally excited about it? Yeah, you will be for a couple of weeks and then you'll be hating life again until summer. Um, the, the whole thing is about us wearing masks because we don't want people to get close to us. We want to protect ourselves and we want to protect our families and we want to hide the pain because we don't want people to know that we've had pain in our lives. Well, guess what? You all have pain in your life. I have pain in my life. But we can't just walk in and pretend that everything's okay all the time because I bet this morning when you walked in and you asked somebody, hey, how you doing? Their response was either fine or good. Yet inside, they had fought all the way here on the way to church, and they are not fine nor good. They had gotten upset with the person that they're with, and they are not fine or good. They found out some serious medical stuff this week. They are not fine, and they are not good. Yet that is what we tell people. Why? Why do we tell people that we are fine? Why do we tell people that we are good? We all wear masks for different reasons. The mask each of us wear on any given day, at any given moment, varies for each of us. Some of us have put that mask on recently. Some of us, we've had that mask on since childhood. We have worn that mask from the time that we realize that people, A, don't want to hear it. Because honestly, if you ask somebody, hey, how you doing? They say, well, you know what? Let me tell you about my week. And they start to spill it. You'd be like, oh, I shouldn't have asked. We giggle because that's that nervous giggle. That, oh, yeah, you're right. I I don't want to hear about it. We ask it because we don't know what else to say. We don't know what else to say it to. And that's kind of it. We all all want to present ourselves to others as having it all together. And I can almost guarantee that everybody in this room has a flaw. 
and that flaws in them, and they don't have it all together, but they want to pretend. Now, you may have it more together than the person that's next to you, or you may not, but we don't ever let that on because we don't want anybody to know that we don't have it together. Basically, what we do is we live in fear, and we want to lie to ourselves, and we want to lie to everybody else. And it was funny because I got into some discussions this week about the Ten Commandments, some of the things that go, um, my, uh, my father-in-law's church, that's what they're going through right now. And, you know, one of the Ten Commandments is, don't bear false witness. Don't lie. Yet we do it every Sunday when we walk in. We do it to our friends. We do it to ourselves. We do it to our God. Say, God, I'm here in your church, and I've got it all together. And he's like, guys, I know you better than you know yourself. I know you don't have it all together. Stop putting on the front. Stop putting on the face. It's funny. I always go to Plugged In Online before I go to a movie. I don't know about you guys. It's a, it's a website put on by Focus on the Family. It breaks down movies, breaks down music, breaks down TV shows, uh, video games, all different things. kind of says, this is what you're going to get yourself into. So I don't walk into a movie and get surprised by, oh, man, I shouldn't have went and saw that movie, but I just paid 10 bucks, so I'm going to sit through it anyway. You know, that, that's not where I'm going to be. I, I like to go to these movies. And the introduction to The Dark Knight Rises says this. It says, the lie is eternal. We don't think about lies as such, not at first. Rarely do we think about them at all. We don't build them up to last or construct them with care. They are ugly, utilitarian things. Lingual shields we forge with frenzied fury and cower behind when danger comes close. We think we need them to save what we treasure, our reputations, our friendship, our careers. And then, when the danger passes, we try to discard them as much as scrap. But we can't. Lies stick to us. We carry them with us. Silent reminders of that moment of fear, that threat of disgrace. They stay with us always and sometimes grow. The weight pulling us downward has become hunched, contorted, and exhausted. The paradox of prevocations. After we form them, they form us. We're left with a hard choice. We can try and unforge the thing, that lie, a delicate and dangerous duty. Or we can carry it to completion until the last strength is spent and we are swept away, leaving only the lie behind. Masks are lies. And the lies that we have, we live in day in and day out. And we switch the masks off and we put a different one on so we can be different for different people. Why is it that we can't just be ourselves? Why can't people come to our church just as they are, even though we've invited them to do that? Come just as you are, whether you are completely messed up or you think you have it all together, come just as you are. But yet people think that when you go to a church, you have to put on your Sunday best and you have to have all your makeup in the right place and you have to have the biggest smile on your face. It's so funny that we did this because I had the hugest third eye pop in the middle of my forehead this week. And I'm like, Christy, you're going to have to make up that for me on Sunday morning. I can't have this imperfection in the pictures for Batman Sunday. You know, that was my, that was my thinking. And there's days that we just, we have to try and hide the blemishes on us. But guess what? We all have them and we all have to accept them because that is what God is changing us for. Because if we try to lie to ourselves and say we are not messed up, what does God have to fix? What can we even ask God to fix? If we say, no, I got it all together. Masks are lies. We wear one for church. We wear one for work. We wear one for school. And even we wear them at home. For our spouses and our kids. You know what Jesus calls that? It's this word called hypocrisy. He said it a lot to the Pharisees. He said it a lot to the religious people of his day. And the word hypocrisy is a Greek word. 
that I don't know how to say exactly, hypocrisis, but that's where we get the term. And it's about an actor on stage. That is the word that was used, and it became such a common term of acting that it became something that we were representing something that we weren't really. It became a metaphor of a person who just acts the part in real life, uh, pretending to be better or different than we really are. An actor on the stage of life, we have different reasons for using this type of mask. We may want to protect ourselves from the hurt and the pain. We may want to protect our family. We may want to understand that we have pain and we don't want anybody else to know about it because we don't want to act like we don't have it all together. And the more we do it, what it really boils down to is we're insecure. We don't feel loved by ourselves. We don't feel loved by others. We don't feel loved by God. And we feel like that this is something here and these masks that we wear, that we hide ourselves from, they really aggravate our insecurities. They bring them out to the forefront. And it makes, the, the, the funny thing is, is we build our relationships on these false pretenses. We build our relationships on lies. The, the, the fact that you try and have it all together and, and they try and have it all together and that we're both acting it out and then you put that relationship together, what kind of foundation are we on of a bunch of falsehoods, about a bunch of, lies and and that is the reason why we have such a hard time reaching out to people and wanting to get connected and wanting to be a part with somebody that is the reason why first dates are so awkward but it goes beyond that it goes beyond that even to the fact when why people don't want to come into church i don't know how many people i have invited to church talking to them at different public places all different areas christy and i were talking about it yesterday and how many people haven't come Why haven't they come? It's because everybody feels awkward when they walk into church and they want to avoid that awkwardness. Well, guess what? I was listening to a a thing by Rick Warren and he said something I really, really like and it needs to be, you know, imprinted on our brain. Awkwardness won't kill you. It won't. It's okay. It's okay to feel a little awkward. Break the ice. Most of you in here that are married had an awkward first date with the person that you're now married to, that you have now built a foundation and, and a connection with. Now, is it perfect? No, because once again, we're all imperfect people. You can't have a perfect relationship unless there's two perfect people. Even a relationship with God isn't perfect. It's perfect on His end, but not on ours. We're all imperfect people. We try and keep the world from us. We try and push it away. We try and say, well, I'm not going to do that. But guess what? God has called us to go into that world and love it. Why would we want to build a barrier between us and it and keep us out of it? To keep it away from us. We isolate ourselves, and that isolation can just really, really gnaw at you. When somebody in prison gets in trouble, what is the ultimate punishment that they get? Solitary confinement. To be locked up and alone. And when you think about that, you think about solitary confinement, that is a punishment. We do it to ourselves all the time because we don't want people to come into our lives. We don't want that awkwardness. We don't want them to see us as vulnerable or weak. It's a difficult place to be. The problem is, is our masks that we wear become our perceived reality. And that's when our troubles begin. We confuse the mask we wear with the person that we think we are. And if we're great actors, we're fooling ourselves and we're fooling others around us. But we're not fooling God. And we pull back, and we pull back, and we pull back, even though we become that mask. 
But God didn't create us to live in a mask. He created us to live in Him and have our identity be found in Him. And that's what it's all about. But how did it get to this? How does it happen to us? How do we keep people at bay and keep a pretty face on all the time? I think it's because we want to be like everybody else. We don't want to be different. We don't want to be that unique creation that is out there. And it's funny because I got a a t-shirt not too long ago. It was a Superman t-shirt. And it was kind of one of those distressed ones. And it had a sticker on it. And when I picked it up to, to get it, it said on the sticker, and I wrote it down, it said, this shirt has intentional flaws in it to make it unique. And I thought, that sticker is on every baby born. This baby has intentional flaws in it to make it unique. And that baby's going to grow up to be you. That baby is going to grow up, and it's going to grow up, and it's going to grow Each baby, we all have intentional flaws that make us unique. God created us so specifically different on purpose. He made us complex beings. As a matter of fact, in Psalm 139, 14, it says, Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. We're complex creatures created by God, and we're different. We're different in so many different ways, and I probably don't have to tell you this, but I'm going to anyway. One of the different ways we are first is that he wired us differently. He wired us differently. Some of you are physical specimens. Some of you are not. Some of you have to wear glasses. Some of you do not. Some of you have to wear hearing aids. Some of you should. You know, that's, that's just kind of the way it is. We're all different, and everybody, we look at different people and say, man, I just want to be the next I just want to be the next. I want to be this next person. And you have different fields. If you're a swimmer, maybe you want to be the next Michael Phelps. If you're into golf, maybe you want to be the next, I don't, probably not Tiger Woods, but let's, you know, there's somebody out there you want to be the next of. But I really, really liked, really, really liked the whole idea of what Michael Phelps said at the beginning of the Olympics. Somebody said, well, do you look up to Mark Spitz? Do you look up to Ian Thorpe, these amazing swimmers? They said, no, I just want to be the best Michael Phelps. I want to be the first Michael Phelps. That should be our goal. We just want to be the first us. We just want to be the best us that God created us to be. And stop comparing ourselves to everybody else. God created you to be you, not someone you think everybody else wants you to be. God created you to be you. The second thing we're different because of our circumstances. Our circumstances have helped shape us. We all have different things in our life that have shaped us. There are good times and there are bad times. There are traumatic events and there is tragedy as well as great memories and fun. And those memories make us who we are today. Those things that have happened have shaped us. How we respond to those is a whole different story. But those things have made us here. It makes you different. It makes you who you are. Third, God gave us different relationships. Anybody in here get to choose their parents? Anybody in here get to choose their birthplace? Anybody in here get to choose to be born in America? Anybody in here get that option? No, we didn't. God created us. He he created us even into the neighborhood that we grew up in, the social economic class that we were brought into has shaped who we are. Because if we were born in a poor village in some third world country, we'd be a whole lot different. You've got to think about that. God is making us who he wants us to be. He gave us these different relationships 
And relationships help create us. Did you know that most of our identity is based on what the most important people in our life think about us? That is why it's so important, so important as a Christian to make the most important relationship in your life with Jesus Christ. Because you know what he thinks about you? You're worth so much to him that he would die for you. He loved you that much. You are worth his very life. Our relationships also give us meaning and purpose. Why did God create Eve? Because he thought that man shouldn't be alone. Our relationships are important. When God said, or when the, the guy we talked about last week, when the guy asked Jesus, he said, Jesus, what, what's the most important commandment? And he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. That's about relationships. Those are the most important things in our lives, is the relationships we have. And guess what? Even when we try and amass that our relationships seem perfect, relationships aren't. And once again, it's because there's imperfect people in that relationship. Fourth thing is it makes you different is you. You make you different. And you're like, what does that even mean? It means this. How often do you talk to yourself? Most of you in here right now are talking to yourself as I'm talking because you're like, yeah, you know what, I guess I know that. You're just having a great conversation with yourself. You make you different because you tell yourself things. And some of the things you tell yourself are the truth, and a lot of the things you tell yourself are a lie. You shape you. But I just feel like I am not a good counselor, guys, okay? I, I'll be brutally honest with you. God has given me some gifts compassion wasn't high on that list. I try very, very hard. And I'm sure there's counselors out there that probably tell me I'm completely wrong. But someone who says, hey, this is how I feel, I'll say your feelings aren't always true. Sometimes your feelings are lies. And they are holding you down and holding you back from who God wants you to be. Because I feel like I can't. I feel like when I walk into a room, everybody's looking at me. Guess what? Nobody's looking at you. Everybody's thinking that about themselves. They're not thinking about you. They're thinking about themselves. And you know that, but you tell yourself, you know what, I think I can't go in there. You know, they did a study about scars. Nobody would even notice this big mark on my forehead if I hadn't even mentioned it. But they did a study at a a university on scars. And they took 100 people, and they put a big, huge scar on their cheek. And they, they made it out of, you know, makeup artists made a nice big scar on their cheek. And then they went in, and they took off. 80 people's scars, 80 of them, and they watched as these people interacted, and when they got all 100 back together, the great percentage, even those without scars, they kept telling the the, the main thing, well, what did you notice in the conversation? Well, it just seemed like they were staring at my scar the whole time. They didn't have a scar there. They didn't know they had take, was taken off, but that's all they felt. They felt like it, so their, their feelings were lying to them, and they, they perceived it in their brain. And sometimes our feelings can lie to us. Proverbs 4.23 says, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. But if we let our feelings twist us and tweak us and, and lie to our hearts, it's going gonna, it's gonna to guide the course of our life. We are going to say, well, I can't go do this. I can't get involved in this group, in this connection area. I can't go to that Sunday morning, September 9th at 9 a.m. because I am awkward. Awkwardness won't kill you. It's going to be weird. Everybody in there is going to be weird. It's going to be one of those things. We haven't done it before. It's going to be a brand new thing. Get in on the ground floor. Have some fun with it. 
Whether you're shy or you're extroverted, get in there. Be a part. Plug yourself in. It'll make a huge difference going back to those relationships. We tend to lie to ourselves, and it's common, common knowledge, even in science, that if we believe it, we become it. We set our standards. The great thing is, of those things, they have shaped us, they have influenced us, but we get to choose how we respond to it. We get to choose how we respond because we live in a broken world and everything is marred by sin. Nothing works perfectly, nobody's perfect, and just in case you didn't know it, this is not heaven. This is not heaven, this is earth, this is the real world, and you know, there is sin throughout it. And we look at it, and we think about it, and we really process it. We understand that even in that first one we talked about, our wiring, our wiring makes us different. But we can choose to focus on what we haven't been given. Man, I would really like to have that. I would really like to be able to swim like Michael Phelps. Well, guess what? I can't. I was not given that ability. That wasn't who I am. I'd like to be able to wear a Speedo, but I can't. Okay, that just doesn't happen. I will not be baptizing today in a Speedo. Thank the Lord, praise God. You know, that is just it. Those things are not who I am. But what I can do is I can focus on what I am not, or I can focus on what God has given me, and I can take that to the next level. That is my choice, and that is your choice. The second thing is, our circumstances are not perfect, and sometimes life stinks. But we get to choose how we respond to it. You know this, and I know this. Life can take you down, and it can hold you down, and it can beat you up, and you can let it do that. Or you can focus on that silver lining. You can focus on the thing that God is doing. Because you know what God does? You know what God is a master at besides everything? Taking a crucifixion and turning it into a resurrection. There are things that are going to happen in our life and we're going to feel like we are at the absolute worst and God is going to use it for good. You know this. You've probably, if you've been in church at all, you've probably heard this verse when somebody says, hey, God's going to use it for good. Romans 8, chapter uh, uh, chapter 8, verse 27 says, and the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying for the Spirit pleads for the believers in harmony with God's own will. And we know that God causes everything To work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose. For God knew His people in advance, and He chose them to become like His Son, so that His Son would become the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Psalm 34, 1 says, I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak His praises. My life verses, my passage that I've always held on to, in the good times of my life and in the bad times of my life, and I've had plenty of junk happen to me, just like you have. And this isn't a beat that testimony time. I'm not saying that I did anything better or worse than you. But each of us have our stuff. But this, this right here, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, and 18, are the verses that I memorized from the time I was in junior high all the way through. And it said this, Rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances. Not for all circumstances, but in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you and Christ Jesus. Our wiring, we know it's messed up. Our circumstances, we know are messed up. But it's it's how we respond. The third one, our relationships. We know they're messed up. Our relationships are messed up. And we have two choices. We can either choose to connect with people, or we can choose to disconnect and hide. 
We have those choices. God has given us those choices. He wants to have a relationship with us. He created us different than everything else on this planet. He made us in his own image, and he gave us the ability to choose. We can choose to connect, or we can choose to disconnect. We can choose to take off the mask, or we can choose to put the mask on and hide all the stuff and not really connect with anybody because our relationships stay surfacy. That is our choice. Why do we leave the masks on? It's because we are fearful. We are fearful And our fear prevents connections. We are fearful because we don't want to have that awkward situation. We are fearful because we're afraid somebody's going to hurt us. You know what fear is? I've told you this before, but if you break it down, fear is false evidence appearing real. False evidence appearing real. And the more time you give into your fear, the more it solidifies and it grows. The more times that you don't do that thing because you were afraid, you're only solidifying it and causing it to grow instead of breaking it down. I say, challenge your fears. Challenge your feelings. Challenge those things. I want you to say something with me. I don't have to believe everything I think. Say it with me. I don't have to believe everything I think. You guys didn't say it over here. You have to say it. It's okay. I don't have to believe everything I think. Because we think these things about ourselves. We think these things that are going to tear us up. And it holds us back. It binds us. It shackles us. It holds us. It's that, if you've seen Batman, it's the rope. It's the rope that keeps us from making it. If you haven't seen it, when you see it, you'll be like, oh, I got it. Our fear holds us back. Don't let it. Challenge your fears. Connect with people. Remember 9. 9, 9 at 9 a.m. Connect with people. Stop talking to yourself. Stop lying to yourself. Take the focus off of you and your fear and instead put on the focus of loving God. 1 John 4.18 says, Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we stop worrying about what everybody's thinking about us and we think about other people and how we can connect with them, instead of walking into a room and saying, is everybody looking at me and how can I be better? Instead of say, how can I help that person over there that looks like they're really struggling? They're putting on a good face, but they're really struggling. That will change everything. It'll cause them to remove their mask. It'll cause your mask. And guess what? Now you'll have a relationship that's built on something that's not false. Stop thinking about yourself in that area the fourth one our thinking is imperfect our thinking is imperfect and we need to change it we need to change our thinking and we've talked about this throughout the at the movies we talked about it when we were doing our ninja character assassins we need to change our thinking romans chapter 12 verse 2 says don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world but let god transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think let god Change the way you think. And how do you do that? We talked about this as well. Philippians 4.8. Now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thought. One final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. When was the last time you watched a TV show with those qualities? When was the last time you went into a movie and those were the qualities that were in it? We need to fix our thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. I say to you this today, choose to focus on the truth. Instead of thinking these bad thoughts, think about who you are and whose you are. 
Because if you have been saved, if Jesus Christ has died for you and you've accepted that, do you realize what you are worth to God? I have told you this before and I will tell you this again. I have three wonderful kids and I wouldn't give any one of them up for any one of you. I will watch you die before I give up my kid. But God, he gave up his one and only son for people who didn't even like him. And I like you guys. And you, I think, like me, unless you're wearing a really good mask. But that is the way it is. God loved us so much that he wanted us to have a relationship with him that he would sacrifice his son for us to be that cleansing atonement, which he would pay the penalty of our sin. So when you start thinking bad things about yourself, think about who you are in God and whose you are because of God. And before everything, I said, you have a choice to make. You have a choice to make. This is your first choice above all else. Choose to make Jesus the Savior of your life. Choose to make Jesus the Savior of your life. Some of you are like, I've done that. I did that when I was 13. And I've been baptized and everything. That's awesome. You've allowed him to come into your life to choose to, to take him in and understand the, the salvation that comes because of it. If you haven't, I'm going to be available after the service to talk to you about that today. But if you have, there's something else I want you to do. I want you, when you wake up every morning, to choose God. And say, God, save me from my fear. Save me from my inadequacy. Save me from my iniquity. Save me from my sorrow. Save me from my own self, my masks that I wear. Save me and make me who you want me to be. That is the choice that we have today. And I would love to say that we can sit here and we can pray and we can say, we're going to pray to do it. That's great. Then God says, all right, now that you've prayed, guess what I want you to do? Do it. I want you to make the choice. I've been waiting for you to get that heart ready and now your heart ready. Let's make it happen. So today I want to challenge you to do it. I want to challenge you to choose God over the, the fears that you have. I want you to choose God if you've never accepted him to your life and you're trying to do this on your own. You're trying to figure out what in the world this church thing's all about and you are sitting here and you're thinking, man, I do not get this. Choose God. If you wake up every morning afraid of what the day is going to bring you, choose God and ask him to come in and save you from your fears.